Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Vacation Station travel show with Nancy and Lisa. Well, you know, every fourth Tuesday is dedicated to the fire monkey. I have to say that because I even email her the fire monkey. Uh, fire monkey is a travel writer, Debbie Stone. And I always have to say why we call her the fire monkey. She got the name when she was in Bhutan. And uh, mm-hmm. you know what? She is a little fire monkey. She just bebops around the countryside. And now she's going back around the world uh, through Europe. So we're really excited to have her back on the show before she takes off. And uh, to talk about her adventures in Arizona, in the Phoenix area in specific, she went to three main destinations, and we're going to be talking about that today. Her articles are all up on blendradioandtv.com, as well as nationalparktraveling.com. In fact, her next segment is all about the Channel Islands in California. But welcome back, Debbie. How are you? Oh, my God, I'm I'm doing Debbie. You got <laughs> who's that? Who's that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Debbie's no, no, I know. It's like we should just put you you're on the expert page, on your expert page on the website. So I'm just gonna go fire monkey. She's not Debbie. she's a fire monkey, but but you listen, you are in Arizona, so you know that's got a little warmth to it, you know. So that's yes. pretty cool. Yes, yeah. It was gorgeous yeah. weather. It was beautiful weather when we were there, just beautiful. Nice. You know, spring springtime in Arizona is really oh, lovely. That's you beautiful. Know. God. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know people are sending photos of uh, saguaros in bloom right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm feeling just a little homesick. You know, the doves get out there and the bats at night go swinging from them. You know, it's like hummingbirds. And then the night blooming series happens at Mm -hmm. night. Oh, my gosh. So. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a really, that's a really nice time to visit Arizona, I, I think, yeah. in my opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you're in Santa Fe, so it's not that far for you to go. No, Arizona, no, right? so. no. And we did, we did it as part of a trip where we drove over, um, did a bunch of that, and then went over to see uh, uh, some of those California sites in Channel Islands, which you talked about. So we did kind of a combination trip, but um, it was nice to get, you know, also in the Palm Desert area, it was just nice to get mm. some nice, warm, sunny weather, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, and so. you went California in spring is beautiful with all the palms yes. and, yeah. yes. oh my gosh. Yes. And, well, you being in Santa Fe, like, Georgia O'Keefe, we just heard, um, we have the uh, New Mexico Bed and Breakfast Association that comes on our shows every month now. And and Santa Fe was well represented. And they were talking about Georgia O'Keefe is getting... Because I know you docented there. I don't know if you are you still docenting. I mean, because well, they I you mean, know they kind are of are you ever I, home? I, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Um, I had to kind of let that go, but also then the um, pandemic did away with the docents. Oh, you sure. Know. So yeah. and then I know that they they now have um, audio tours and things like that. Um, 
but uh, as far as I know, I don't think the docent program is is back up and running. Oh. You know, so but um, I, you know, I spent a number of years there, and uh, you know, felt really good about my time there. I, there was something I really wanted to do, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it, this is O'Keefe country. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but I was wondering because you know she's all flower art, but I heard that they're like doing an addition to her museum. Well, they're doing or... a whole brand a brand like a brand new museum. So oh, oh my gosh. It's, a, it's kind of like um, just a half a block away um, and in this area. So it's going to be a bigger museum. And cool. uh, uh, yeah, they haven't, I don't think they've done anything yet. I think they've just done like plans and all that kind of stuff, you know. Mm, but uh, cool. yeah, it should be something, it should be really something. They've been looking for some expansion for a while, you know. And she mm. does have all those, you know, the flower art, but, you know, it was like flowers, you know, what I remember the most is, well, I was amazed at all the cityscapes she did, right? But yeah, she, you know, that's something we never think of. Everyone thinks about the flowers. That's and, flowers. Right. Yeah. But they were right. like flowers and bones. So she kind of always, to me, represented rebirth, you know, because of, you know, skulls and point. flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like when we think about spring travel, Arizona's beautiful and spring. I love the summer because of the monsoons like you get in Santa Fe. I really yeah. love summers in Arizona. I'm weird. I like to hike at four in the morning and watch the sun come out <laughs> and if monsoon season comes you oh, get the right moisture in the sky and yeah then, you know yeah it's yeah. magic so i i really yeah. um arizona is a year-round season you know depending on what you like or don't what like, you like to do yeah but yeah. you you went to some places that nancy kept saying oh we gotta go we gotta go and mm-hmm. like now we're you're not in arizona mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah smack on the wrist um one mm-hmm. of them is uh, the world of music you talk about is the musical oh, I love that. In- instrument museum we went to the one in um carlsbad california and um there's also ucla has one yeah it's within it this yes this one i think they're kind of related in some way i'm not sure but um this Hmm. i've been wanting to go forever uh because a lot of the musicians we interview perform there like pierre ben susan um akana i mean i've got a list uh who they they go and perform and kept going it's just up the road we should go you know timing wise yeah but, you know it's um, one of one of those yeah. things i think a lot of people who go to that the scottsdale phoenix area don't first of all maybe they've heard of it but it, some people have never heard of it because maybe their focus is the resort uh, scene or mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing and they're there for the warm weather but i had been hearing about this museum for years and m- one of my husband's sisters lives in scottsdale and she was telling me about it and she's like oh my gosh she goes you have to go the next time you come and so i was like okay we're going and i was like now i need to go you know so mm-hmm. and it was and it was and it was better than I'd ever even imagined. I mean, she Mm. had, you know, she told me it was wonderful and incredible and she couldn't stop raving about it. And when I went there, yes, I could understand what, what, why she was raving so much. Mm. Well, it's neat because, you know, the photos and everything show in your article, um, and everyone, this is up on blend radio and tv.com right now. And you can also go to the website. I encourage you to go to their website. It's mim.org for a museum of, uh, Musical Instrument Museum. I want to say museum. Of, it's Musical mm-hmm. Instruments Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, so mim.org. Um, I just love this. I don't think you would get me out of, I think I would be there for a day. And, and I'd yeah, have a for problem. sure. Uh, but they, you know, just this whole regional history of music, because it gets really cultural. You know how Nancy are about that. And, but, you know, when we look at um, 
instruments today of what you know rock and roll you think about mm -hmm. how did a guitar get you know sounded and and you know the the history of oboes and half of our music comes from the middle east and the yep. islands you know it's mm -hmm. really uh -huh. interesting did you find when you were there looking at all these regional ex exhibits that some of the instruments were this kind of freaks me out like in a good way that people in general were creating instruments in their geographical region, right, their locale, but we were all making the same kind of instrument, maybe just not the same amount of strings or, you know, just with what we had, that it seems yes. that we were, we were doing the same thing. Yeah, I think <laughs> in all parts of the world, people were finding whatever they could that was available to them in terms of materials mm -hmm. or whatever to create music, you know, um, other than, you know, using, they were using their bodies to create music and their hands and their feet and all that. But then, you know, to find instruments, it was like, okay, find something that you can maybe strum with. And so, you know, find something you can blow into, you know, it was, or something you can pound on, you know. And so I think that there was this commonality in terms of maybe that kind of those kinds of genres about the different types of instruments and people would use whatever they had available to do those particular, you know, make those kinds of sounds and noises and explore, you know, the way you make music. And, mm -hmm. you know, the whole purpose there, I think, is also an overriding purpose of bringing, you know, bringing people together. You know, music is something that unites people. Oh, and for it's sure. So, so global. And everywhere you go, you get, exposed to music and of different kinds and it's fascinating you know and people just people really love it it's something that puts smiles on people's faces mm -hmm. i think we copy a lot of it from nature so you've got birds singing so then people are like yes. well i could do that and then yes. you think about okay drums well i can yeah. beat on something and maybe footsteps as you're walking uh -huh. Creates and kind of hands, a side hands thud, clapping, thud, you hands know? Yeah. clapping. It's our heartbeat. It's yeah, our it's heartbeat. a rhythm. Right. It's a rhythm. The waltz is yep. always kind of odd because it's off. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. You know, by that one right. beat, because we don't walk like um, waltzing. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless you're Matilda. Yeah, or you watching Lawrence Welk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, now I could, no, let me. Anyway. But I, but I yeah. think, you know, when you're there, it's, it, like you said, you can spend a day, you could spend days there and people, you know, mm -hmm. that want to come back and see more because, you know, it just depends on how in depth you want to be. I mean, I felt like, oh my, and I had, you know, several hours, but I felt like I needed so much more time because at every little uh, place that you go to, every little country that you uh, that that is on there, and, and let me tell you, there's the, the collection is you know thousands and thousands. They have more than thirteen thousand uh, mm -hmm. instruments to, in their collection, and over six thousand of those are on display at one time. Wow! And they're wow. from every you know seven world regions: Africa, the Middle East, Asia, cool. Latin America, really Europe, cool. and the United States, Canada. And so you see the instruments, some of them very rare examples, and you also see 
um, the costumes, which are fascinating. Mm. And then you also see these videos where you can, you know, and you get these, you know, you get the head, the audio device so that you can plug in and you can listen to whatever video clip you'd like to, to hear and see at the same time. So you're seeing the people that are, you know, that in that region, you know, making that music with those instruments. And it's, it's wonderful. It's such a great sensory thing because it's the seeing, it's the hearing, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all of that. And it's just, you know, to me, you know, and you see people and they're just like mesmerized by certain, mm-hmm. you know, certain video clips that they're hearing. And then they're looking to the side and they're looking at the costumes and they're looking at the instruments that are in front of them. And it's just this wonderful, immersive experience. I would want to play one. I want to touch. I'm going to be one of those people that they're like, hey, don't touch that. <laughs> I want to play them. Well, you can make music there in, in their, in their you know, area where you can, in the experience gallery, you can go and be a musician and you can try cool. out some of these really oh, cool. interesting, you know, like the, the Javanese gamelan or, mm-hmm. you know, the harp from Peru, you know. And oh, cool. So you see all these people and they're really into it. And it's like, yeah. I mean, when, when would you be given that, that opportunity, yeah. you know? Exactly. Oh. See, I like that because I want to go. Yeah. The touchy part, because I think it also, it's the inner child in us, right? It's the inner child in us, but I think for kids and families, this is, you know, and and I think museums and, you know, we've talked about this on shows with you, like when you were in Springfield, Illinois, and you went into the, I think it was a library for Abraham Lincoln, uh, one of the museums or library that, you know, you could hear the voices of yes. what people were saying about Lincoln and his wife and, you yes. know, and the drama of it all. And you, so you did, I think museums, because it got to this point of museums being stodgy and boring mm-hmm. and kids just go, I'm going to look at a bunch of dusty old stuff. And right. for kids, it, this wasn't an right. exciting thing, but right. museums have really pushed the envelope yeah. where it's yeah. super exciting for kids and families. And it seems like this one, it, it would be a good starting place for a family yes. just starting to get their kids out on an adventure together, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because this is a real all-age all experience. And, mm-hmm. we, you know, I saw families and young kids. I saw older people, and everybody was enjoying it at whatever level they, they were at, you know? I love it. I, I, yeah. I want to go, and I'm, I, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm jealous. You know, there's a few times mm-hmm. I keep emailing you back. You know I'm jealous. Yeah. I know that that is not a good personal quality, and I know I will get to places. <laughs> you know, everything's yet. I will get there, and I'll be there. You yes. know, yet is I will mm-hmm. at some point. But it's like, dude, when it's the musicals, like you you went the to Cleveland. You, you did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, yeah. You know, cool. oh, yeah. so yeah. have you been That's to the experience one. in Seattle yet? Oh, several times. I was there when it opened years ago. Dude. Yeah. 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 Dude. It's a fabulous place because it's really, it's wonderful, uh, uh, a place for Pacific Northwest musical, the roots of certain uh, genres. Jimi you know? Hendrix. And, uh, Jimi Hendrix, exactly. And Nirvana. Yep, oh my God. I mean, Don't, all these, you know, all these Eddie Vedder, you know, all Pearl Jam, mm. you know, yeah. all that, yeah. you know. Oh, 
And, you know, it goes through the whole, the, the, gr- the grunge cycle, you know, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so wherever you are, you know, the music, the, the music scene is so interesting and, and mm-hmm. unique. And so, you know, if you get the opportunity to, when you travel to experience music, whether you go into a, a pub in Ireland and yeah. there is Irish music going on, you know what I mean? Cool. It's like, just do it because <laughs> yeah. it's such a wonderful way to immerse yourself in and get, get a real good feel for the culture. Yeah, I, I really agree. Yeah, and I don't understand when people like, I only like this kind of music. I'm like, no, man, you can't be like mm-hmm. that. You got to go listen to it all. And maybe the first time you listen to something, you're like, okay, not my cup of tea. But then again, you listen to it again, you start to hear. You know what I mean? Like you start to Absolutely. Really, yeah, you, you do. You, to you get to yeah, and I think that, you know, I mean, of course, we all have our different tastes in music or what we sure. prefer or what we like, but it's so nice to be exposed to different music, you know, and, mm-hmm. and whether, you know, whether you end up being an opera buff or not is not, is not the, it's yeah. not the point. The point yeah. is understanding, you know, when you go to an opera, what, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a story. There's a story mm-hmm. going on, you know, and it's done in such an incredibly dramatic manner, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and, 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 you know, it's so you can, you can appreciate that. And, and I think that the word appreciate is important because mm-hmm. you may be able to appreciate something, but it may not be your cup of tea, but that's okay. Exactly. You know, exactly. Especially I when it comes that. to the arts. Yeah. I, yeah. I've, the arts mm. are, you know, what unite me. Magical. Mm-hmm. I mean, music, you know, people can hear music, not understand yeah. the words and they but unite. Like and it's it. medicine. I mean, all the interviews we've probably done, in the last COVID thing and just wait for everyone with our new celebrate the arts magazine. It's going to be like, we might as well write a book of all the musician (laughs) interviews that what happened over COVID. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about like being able to do live streams, not the same as being in front of the public, but everybody, it was like not having vitamin D. I'm just saying, (laughs) I know (laughs) we're talking about vitamin D and it's being outside. It's the same thing as music, not seeing a live performance. Not right. having that, but music united people in ways during COVID. All the new music these musicians created, now they're on tour. It's like this emotional yeah. thing. And every musician we're, we've been interviewing, it's just like, dude, it's medicine, period. Yes. And and I think yeah. it is. And it's a universal language. I know that's a cliche, but it's true. But it is. You know, but it is. It mm-hmm. is. It is. Well, okay. Yeah. I want to go. You were, now, this was in Arizona and Phoenix. Now, I know you were born and raised in Chicago. Hey, Chicago <laughs> blues, right? Let me yeah, just say yeah. Chicago. And Sh- Chicago also has this whole other music history that is mind-blowing. Um, but I'm going to say Chicago blues, you can't beat it. Our friend used to run a club with James Cotton in Ooh. Chicago. Yeah, And the oh stories gosh. that come from that. In fact, there's there a some documentary stories. coming out. <laughs> There are some stories that I don't even know if we're allowed to tell, oh, but yeah. um, they're good. <laughs> they are so good. Um, but anyway, a, a documentary is yeah. coming out on him soon. But so, all right. So Wrigley, you know, the Wrigley name is a big deal in Chicago, but here the Wrigleys are in Arizona and uh, mm-hmm. you went to the Wrigley mansion and this, this whole story is mind blowing in that what he built in the desert, right? It just yeah. doesn't, it, it's, it's kind of like Scotty's castle in Death Valley in a way. It yes, is. exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's yep. like this big mansion and then like, you're having what? this fancy meal and we need to talk about that. 
um, that, I mean, there's a little spam involved, but then there's the, <laughs> I need to talk about the pineapple, the crazy pineapple, which I know, I know the Victorian Lottie Dog thing. But um, at this point, here's this big mansion that, you know, he built for his family. And they were going to tear it down? Like, what I the know. heck? I know. And this was, in the 20, was this in the 20s? Well, no, not the... When did no, they want to no, tear no. it down? Um, it no, was, it was built in the 20s. It, yeah, it was built... It, yeah, it was made uh, back in the 20s. Um, it it was going to be... I think... Oh, it was 1992. 1992, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the city was planning to tear it. They were going to tear it down and build condos on the site. Ah, when when the Hor- Hormel... Hormel uh, Gordy, Hor- I think it's Gordy uh, Hormel of the Hormel fame, and his mm. wife uh, purchased it, and they restored it, and they awesome. added to it, and they made it an incredible event space and a, a wonderful restaurant and a place that people could walk around and see a slice of history um, that is pretty cool. And, yeah. you know, like coming from Chicago, the Wrigley Building in Chicago is quite well known, and everybody in Chicago knows it, and everybody knows who Wrigley uh, was. Um, but I was unaware of the fact that he had, you know, I probably assumed that he had other houses, but I didn't know that one of them was right there in Arizona. And mm. it's quite quite the estate, and, and uh, Gordy, you know, and his wife really – put a lot into it and it you know they could, you could see it was a, a uh, you know labor of love in in that respect but you know Wrigley you know he was he was a tycoon but a self-made man and you know he came out there to Arizona because of the Arizona Biltmore Hotel and yeah. mm-hmm. then you know he decided to give his wife what a nice his wife Ada a very nice gift this mansion for their 50th wedding anniversary okay. and uh <laughs> They called it La Colina Solana, which meant Sunny Hill, but it was their winter cottage because they only spent, you know, maybe up to two months a year uh, there because of getting out of Chicago, of course. And uh, Mm. but you know the place is 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 huge. I mean, it was I think it finished in the 1930 31, and you know 17,850 square feet, 24 different rooms. 17 bathrooms. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> wow. I mean, how many people lived there? <laughs> it wasn't, ma- you know, that there the funny thing is, is there wasn't many. I mean, the family, yeah. you know, uh, the kids and then, wow. you know, staff. And then it's like, you know, it, it, it just, it, to me, it wow. was, it's mind boggling. And it was built then for a cost of $250,000 at oh my that gosh. time, which is you know, about really. $3.5 million now. But, you know, it probably would yeah. be even more. It's just, it it is a it is Crazy. really amazing. But you were talking yeah. about they have like when they would have guests about the pineapple, which I thought was really pretty funny, you know. And it was like this. I, I love this thing about the pineapple because they would have this pineapple. It was a decorative pineapple <laughs> on the the railing going up to uh, the upper rotunda of the uh, main area, and there was this this pineapple had this crown on both the top and the bottom. And if the guests stayed at a time. Uh, longer, maybe when they, that they might supposedly should be staying, the mm. crown of the pineapple. <laughs> you know, they would be first. It would be right side up, but if they overstayed their welcome, it would be flipped upside oh. down. <laughs> bye bye. See, well, I remember Jay Leno always said, like, you know, after three days, you yeah. start cooking the fish. Yeah, That's right. Because that, yeah, get, get the fish. You know, but Actually, this. But this where they he start said smelling the guests like start smelling like fish. Like, well, maybe because you start cooking it. 
But the pineapple thing is funny because, you know, when we talked about when we were in Erie, Pennsylvania, we went to the, oh, could see, oh, I don't ask me the mansion name, but it's the uh, Hagen History Center, um, the William Kutsi. Oh, on Prophet Street. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's wealthy on the, street was, in the corner of wealthy millionaire, and millionaire Street. Millionaire Street. It was Millionaire Street. Yeah. And this guy didn't really, he's the one who created asbestos. And he did not care really about the design other than he was showing off. So pineapples went everywhere, all this Romanesque <laughs> stuff. Meantime, down the street is all the industrial area with bricks and brick making. And they were making waffle iron, cast iron, all of this stuff. But here he is. I'm like, you know, the man who made all of this. And so he just, it, it was, they really wanted to show off at that point. Um, it was, right. you've got to think about these, you know, multimillionaires from back then, Carnegie, all of them going, we're self-made people and look at us. We're, we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're badasses. You, you know, <laughs> look at what we did. I, you know? I have to say the pineapple thing, the right. pineapple is a sign of good luck. And it has been for a long, long time, especially in New England. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Let's take a moment and think about the things you love. It could be stuff like vintage vinyl, stylish sunglasses, or your exotic fish collection. Whatever your passion is, the new Multiply the Cash Scratchers from DC Lottery gives you a chance to multiply your cash by 5, 10, 25, or even 100 times and enjoy a lot more of the stuff that makes you, you. Multiply the Cash Scratchers from DC Lottery. If you love it, multiply it. Please play responsibly. And there there used to be, I think I remember, oh gosh, I'm going to go back in school here. There were laws about you couldn't sell or possess pineapples because they were a good luck charm. Not right. just good luck. It's about having the money to purchase exotic fruit back in the day. Like in Erie, Pennsylvania, we talked about that. They right. were saying that having pineapples were a sign of wealth. Mm-hmm. And so that is part of it because you didn't just, you couldn't just get pineapples in the middle of right. the Midwest in winter. <laughs> you <Yes>. know. <laughs> Thank you, railroads. So By the way. should be fun. Yeah. You know? yeah. So if you, if yes. you were able to get them, you were rich. You were affluent right. would be the word. Right. So right. I find this really fascinating about him. I mean, these are, you know, self-made affluent people and mm-hmm. they wanted to show off. They had pride, but I think it was in some way, I want to say that they were also trying to inspire people that you can follow and do things, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. But I, (laughs) yeah, there, you know, there, and the, the, the house itself is, you know, it's got some wonderful original items, you know, one of the most interesting ones though, I love is that Douay art player piano. Mm. Uh, This was made for him. Um, He, you know, spent, I think it was $10,000 to have it made by wow. two different companies. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, the story when we heard this, that he, 
he approached these two different companies, and he asked about making this unique instrument, and they both turned him down. And so in response, he sent them a blank check. <laughs> and wow. so obviously the rest is history because the piano is one of only two in the world. The other is owned by the Smithsonian. So it's pretty cool. And when we were there, um, a gentleman was playing it, which was kind of neat to see. And um, yeah, so and then, you know, just they, the other really unique thing is that switchboard room, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was fascinating. And yes. it's like, so they never had an operator. So nobody answered their private phone calls except for the family. And he, William made sure that everybody knew how to use the technology. And so the walls and ceiling are lined with foil gum wrappers because that reminds William of his, you know, of the Wrigley gum and his humble beginnings, so to speak. It's also because the foil at that time was thought to uh, increase receptivity of the switchboard museum. So that was oh, really, really cool that's to, to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But that's, yeah. A, that's really interesting too, because yeah, when you start talking about the receiving thing, mm-hmm. organs, when we used to teach music uh, and musical organs, like in the store, if you had an old Wurlitzer and things, you could hear police mm-hmm. calls and yeah. sirens. It was so cool. The organ, which to uh, me, it's like, dude, that is such a trip. It's, it's so, so cool. <laughs> but okay, so we went back to music again. Yes. Right? But yes. let's talk about the Jordy or, or Jordy. Yeah, Jordy Gord- Hormel. I think it's, yeah, yes. Jordy, Jordy, you know, G E O R D I E, everyone. Uh, Jordy. Um, and I hear the word Jordy, I just think of England and, and yeah. accents yeah. I can't Jordanian. understand. Yeah, but um, he, this is really amazing. His musical legacy is pretty darn huge. I mean, that's amazing. I, yeah, you I, you know, I didn't know anything, you know, other than the fact that he was the, you know, one of the heirs to the Hormel Meat Company. I did not know that he was you know, a gifted musician himself. He was a composer. They said he taught himself how to play the piano at the age of five by listening to, to songs on the radio. And then cool. he, he is credited with composing a lot of the theme music for television shows like Lassie and Gunsmoke and The Fugitive. And then he had his own recording studio and he worked with, you know, the Stones and Fleetwood Mac and John Lennon. Cool. And, you know, so he was in his own right, you know, extremely successful and a very uh, talented uh, individual. That's interesting, too, about mm-hmm. him doing that with Fleetwood Mac, um, because Stevie Nicks comes from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of interesting. That's right. He, I, you know, I remembered that she was. Yeah. Singer. And so he yeah. worked yeah. with John Lennon. And you got to mm-hmm. think of her song, the most one of the most iconic yeah. songs, uh, White Wing Dove, just like a White Wing Dove. She wrote right. that when John Lennon was murdered. Oh and my gosh. It, it was like, yeah, just like a white winged dove that was part of her, mm-hmm. you know, just that was a, such a, that was like, that is like, you know, American Pie, like the day the music died when, yeah. I mean, and he was writing about, you know, um, Don McLean was writing more about Big Bopper and everyone and, mm-hmm. you know, it, all yeah. of those guys, right. but, but this all the guys in the plane. Yeah. Yes. But this yes. one, it, you know, John Lennon, when he got murdered, mm-hmm. I, I think Dude. we were living in England when it happened. And it, I remember the as, most a, insane as a kid, I, yeah. I was a fan of his music as a little yeah. child. Like he was yeah. a hero. And yeah. I was like, how could someone do that over, you know, yeah. that anyway, was crazy. I, uh, yeah, that was crazy. That, I remember the headline saying, saying he was shot by a fan of his music. I'm like, well, geez, I thanks know. a lot, dude. Well, yeah. you know, he, was a, he was a very, <laughs> put it this way, he was probably a very deranged individual. You know? um, yeah, so, really sad. Yeah. But, I mean, this this is interesting out of the music and 
then going in and go, you can have, you know, cocktails and uh, brunch, a really good uh-huh. brunch with beautiful mm. views. But your brunch sounds like you mm-hmm. got Delicious. cake and dessert and, it was, you know, it was, mimosas. It was, it was, it was a- it was brunch I did, and didn't need to eat any more food the rest of the day. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to go, you know, and, and so this is a major wedding venue too, which I think is a It is. Big they do. They do tons and tons and tons of weddings and receptions and special events. And it's just one of those places that, you know, you can get, you get this beautiful view and you feel like you're in this very special place and uh you know the the staff there is extremely accommodating and and uh very pleasant and so yeah it's a, just a wonderful place to go and like you just go and have a drink if you want to and then you know they do offer tours to the public and you know so it's it's it really is a, is a great experience and you know people if if you live in in the Phoenix Scottsdale area and you haven't been go up there and and go yeah. to the bar have a, have a drink you don't have to go and have a meal if you don't want to you know and uh and and go have a tour, you know. Yes, yeah, so go have a in. tour and be all like, have a cocktail and be all like, this yeah. is mine, all mine. At and one yes, day. yes, mine. It's part of I my like family. It. No, mm. but I love this, you know. And I think there's something interesting about how you know, and going back to George O'Keefe, right? How people flocked into the desert Southwest, and yeah. we normally mm-hmm. hear actually mostly about New Mexico, right, or Southern Arizona. So it's interesting to hear more of the Phoenix side of the arts coming through art and architecture and Frank Lloyd Wright brings us oh, back yes. to, okay, you, you, you were on the show. I don't, was it last year or this year? I can't keep up uh, talking about the historic uh, Dana Thomas house or Dana Thomas house Dana in Springfield, Thomas, Illinois, yeah. Dana, Dana right. Thomas house right. in Springfield, where, you know, this, you know, very affluent lady, had you know inheritance yep. and you know said here build this but she had a voice and he's like no uh, you're gonna do it my way and then he gave her a room and then he just messed with it but this is really interesting well Frank Lloyd Wright I mean he's iconic he works with nature within nature and right you know we were in when we were in Madison Wisconsin we were on the Frank Lloyd Wright trail and I'm like stop yep. snowing I want to go <laughs> see what's mm-hmm. going yeah. on but and, and then Pennsylvania so now I'm like oh because it got I got into the whole thing but I didn't know about Frank Lloyd Wright in Phoenix. I had no idea. Yeah, like, this one was a new surprise. one for me. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because while you, I mean, obviously you've just been to another one of uh, Frank Lloyd and you've been to others, right? So this is, yes. this is, okay. So you're getting that thing where you're going in different places, but here's that, that web of connectivity, you know. Absolutely. You know, I was uh, being born and raised in Chicago. Frank Lloyd Wright had a huge influence, especially in Oak Park and uh, in the Midwest itself. And so I, I grew up, you know, knowing about Frank Lloyd Wright. And I remember my parents taking me to uh, some of those houses uh, in the Midwest and, you know, being very, very interested in learning all about, you know, his style and the prairie homes and and, you know, incorporating nature and, you know, mm-hmm. all those elements that he's so well known. But um, I didn't know anything about this place until uh, probably, I don't know, just maybe recently, a couple of years ago, um, that, that Taliesin West, which is the name of uh, his uh, studio and his winter retreat, um, that, you know, he, he went out there and like, you know, Wrigley and like so many, you know, he was really um, taken with the desert and mm-hmm. decided that he wanted to create this 
retreat and this, you know, studio and, uh, you know, a place for him and for his wife and for also the Taliesin Fellowship, the apprentices um, that came out from the Midwest and they helped build it. And it, you know, it became this real desert laboratory where they could try out and explore all these innovations and designs and where he would train the next generation of architects in this mm. way, a way in which they wouldn't just be sitting there designing, but it's a way that they would come to understand it by actually building, you know, by mm. doing it. And so they, they used, you know, their hands, they were building it and understanding how the design isn't just on paper, you know, how does it become an actuality, you know. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And it is a beautiful gem. It really is. And when I saw it, it was um, – even more beautiful in the fact that Dale Chahulia, noted uh, Northwest Pacific Northwest artist and a glass artist at that, had uh, several uh, collection of installations there, and it was like the the incorporation of his work with mm. Frank Lloyd Wright's place and the nature and being in the desert was exquisite, just exquisite. I yeah, think you know the so thing is, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Nancy. Now I was just going to say that when you when you're in a place like that, um, we found with our travels coming back from the east side, coming back to the west, how just as you as you move from place to place, the sky seems to get bigger. Oh, yeah. You know, Definitely. so I can see how that would make a difference to an architect for sure. Well, and Dale Chihuly, too, because... Yeah. Yeah, he's going, I mean, it's, that's what's so interesting, you know, right now, as we record this, and even when this airs, we're still in the Pacific Northwest. And, right. you know, to me that it's very interesting out here, how people use color. Some people are just like, no, I'm stuck in drab. And then there's homes <laughs> like on the coast and the ports, uh, the harbor areas, where people are just like, Look at me. I'm having a bright orange house. Check this out. With a green not, door. Know, and I'm <laughs> right. not going to have gold or right. moss grow on stuff. I am like, we're going to have this. Yeah. And it stands out like flower power. It's like, it made yeah. me feel more like we were in Mexico, actually. In some <laughs> that, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. It's like, hello, here we are. Color. And so it's very interesting going around neighborhoods. And it's, you know, England did it. And even in South Africa, we had those little colorful houses on the beaches where right. the beaches could get yes. that gloomy look. And, yes. it's, and so, yes. and then the gardens, I mean, we could have these really overcast rainy days, as you know, we're, we're learning about Pacific Northwest, but <laughs> the colors pop in the gardens through all the people that do tulips and daffodils and lilacs and cherry blossom yes. trees, all of that, when it pops, it's like, yeah. Okay. So this is, you know, it's, it's about, and so I think when I look at Dale Chihuly and I know you just, came back from uh his his uh garden right his glass garden in yes, seattle his, yes his garden and glass in seattle garden is, glass is yeah yes when i was it's looking amazing. at the photos of that i was because just being here in the pacific northwest mm. i'm like he's one of those that use color to open up what is a closed sky versus the yeah. desert so i find this really fascinating about you seeing his work in both in completely both day and night Yes. Terrains, landscapes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's amazing how his work, but you know, there's so, there's so many common commonalities between the, these two men. And, uh, you know, even though they grew up in, in, in very different environments, they both, um, 
nature was important to both of them. And mm. I think their mothers were both very uh, instrumental in instilling a love of and a respect of nature and encouraging, um, uh, you know, creativity uh, in expression uh, in, for both men. And so it's interesting how that the fact that they grew up in such different places, but yet also just the, what tied them together, you know, and how how this landscape, how Chihuly's works fit so seamlessly into this landscape that it just, you know, you think to yourself, wow, you know, he really, he really understands the environment here. And it, it, you know, all of his installations are just, they're, they're beautiful. They, they, the Mm. colors, they evoke the landscape, the desert, Mm -hmm. the shapes, the shapes look like uh, uh, desert plants, you know, I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. And I've heard, I did not do it at night, but I've heard at night, it's just exquisite. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, and I, I want to cool. tell people, uh, you know, if you're, this exhibit is on until June 19th, 2022. However, I mean, you can still go to the Talisman, uh West, right? And, and go and tour yes. the house after Absolutely. that. And, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But I wanted to go back on this because it's it, going back to Frank Lloyd Wright's architecture and you know, Tucson is, you know, interesting because there's, there's like the old neighborhoods. There's some areas that have the Barrio District style mm-hmm. and and, and right. is the Barrio District and the Turquoise Trail. And I know you know Tucson really well, too. And um, but there's there's this whole era and it kind of is the Frank Lloyd Wright era. I know he's good at yes. the prairie houses and, and I know I'm familiar with those now, but they're where they are these low Low yes. rider houses. <laughs> They're low riders. <laughs> but, but, it, but you're kind of, because the more you build up, the hotter it gets. So it yes. kind of, you're almost like the rocks in the landscape of the yes. desert. Like you're part of the boulders and the rocks. Yes. And you yes. allow the mountains to be the magnificent. The mountains. Yeah. And you yes. have the open sky. So he really, looking at your pictures from this, he really understood I mean, that's just, it's so night and day. I mean, you heard us when we were in Madison, Wisconsin going, holy cow, there's snow, snow, snow. But I understand why you want, like, I understand now. But I mean, for him to go from that to that, he really had to, I I wonder if he just sat out there in nature for a day or two to feel the elements Mm -hmm. to understand what you need to do. Yeah, you you do, you you do wonder, you know? I mean, it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think though that, you know, both both men are just um, just you know very hyper aware of their surroundings and of the natural world, and so you know the the creative juices stems from you know that that inspiration. They're so inspired by their environments, and you know when I was there, I just I, I marveled at how they really just. They got it right, you know? Mm. Yeah. We we had an employee um, that um, worked for us for a while, and she had never seen the ocean. And we took her to the ocean. And she was just so blown away. She had her hand over her mouth for two days, just walking back and forth, stopping and staring at the ocean. Because if you have never, and so when you go from uh, like a, a very wooded, right, rocky mountain kind of thing, and then you go to the coast, that's a huge difference. Oh, that we're, huge. It's a huge difference. But, you know, because 
if we have the wherewithal to travel more than people, right. you know, before us, um, we kind of get used to it. We also have TV and we have people who are painting pictures and showing it, say, it looks like right. this. You know, but if you've really never seen, uh, like when the first time we saw Mount Rainier, we're like, holy crap. <laughs> dude, dude, seriously, when we were staying in Bonnie Lake up here, so now yeah. there's this road yeah. going to all these housing it, complexes and the, and the couple we were pet sitting for, they were yeah. like, you know, we're, they are born and raised in Seattle. And she goes, this was the sticks out there when they were growing up. This was like, she yeah. never in her life thought she would end up living there. However, no, no. it's one of the most TikToked views of Mount Rainier <laughs> is outside their door. Like, yeah. oh, that's if funny. you catch it, you go around because everything's, yeah. you know, circles here. Yeah. Uh, you know, what do you got? Roundabouts. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, the one day I drove and it was there. Yeah, you know, you know like, I've whoa. I've hiked I've hiked the park. I mean, we've done a right. ton of hikes, but it but you know it's kind but of different being down there. I don't know if it, it yeah. And there's a high school. I think it's called Mountain View High School or something. And when you, I mean, they have the view. I was like, dude, that would be cool to go to school there just for that. I but wouldn't it is, study. It, it, it is interesting how these designers really take in their surroundings i would like to read yeah. his notes do they have anything they're showing frank lloyd writes like sketching or is that all yes, personal yes in, in his office there you know they show some of the sketches they also show some of the 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 projects that he and the apprentices were working on in the drafts drafting room the drafting studio you know so they do show you uh, some of that. There's also, uh, you know, books that are available. You can look mm. through, you know, um, so you can, you can, you can get good ideas of, of kind of what he was working on. Um, and, you know, he was working on projects all over the, the world, you know, mm. so it, it wow. was, cool. he, he just, yeah. And I think it was a unique experience for those who were his apprentices, you know, to, mm. uh, have that opportunity and, um, you know, uh, he's probably the biggest name in American architecture, you know? I mean, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah sure, let alone sure, around sure. the world, you know? So mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's, quite, it's, it's quite a wonderful experience. I encourage people once again, uh, just like the other uh, uh, two entities that we talked about, the Museum of uh, Musical Instrument Museum and the Wrigley Estate, you know, if you go to Arizona and you do have the time, you know, uh, when you're not, you know, if you're swimming or playing tennis or playing golf, that's great. But, you know, if you have time to go check something out, these yeah. places are, are right there, you know. everything mm -hmm. is And great right for there. summertime. Honestly, during the summer, yeah. you want to go in, you know, yeah. so it's it's a, it's a good time to do it. And I want to give uh, everyone go to frankloydwright.org for that website and you'll find the Telezen, uh West on their site and also WrigleyMansion.com. Go there um, and then MIM.org yep. and uh, <laughs> Debbie's articles. Just type in. <laughs> Just type in, I'm going to start putting Fire Monkey on a key. No, no. All your articles. <laughs> yeah. Just type in Debbie, you know, Debbie. Uh, just You could just do Debbie. It's it's all good. Just, <laughs> just put in, no, you just put in Debbie Stone and Arizona. These articles co will come up right on Blend Radio and TV.com. Uh, really, uh, mm -hmm. it's just amazing. It, it And what I also want to just close with is, that people think the desert is just one big swath of sand oh, and a few no, gumby no, cactus. No, 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 and no, I no, think no, this no. really shows, you know, if you've, yeah. if this is your first time going to the, you know, Arizona in the desert, 
shows this whole other side that folks may not realize existed. And it's all about light and the play on light and music and color and And color. Mm, I love it. And music. And music. So mm-hmm. everybody, uh, Debbie will be back next next month. You know, as I always say, every fourth Tuesday, she's on the show here on Big Blend Radio. Next week, uh, next month, excuse me, is the Channel Islands. From there, uh, it's Washington State again, right? Wenatchee. Yep. Wenatchee. Yep. yep. Yep, and, we have uh, to keep we have to keep we we have to keep it lively, you know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. She's, That's right. She just wants to, you know. She always does stories with something I can't pronounce. But you, <laughs> I think you're the one who taught us how to say Wenatchee because I was like, it's Wenatchee. No, Wenatchee, Wenatchee. <laughs> okay, all right. So we're going to be hearing s- about I'm, that. I want to say Wenatchee. I know Wenatchee. <laughs> I know it sounds like like some dramatic movie Wenatchee. Yeah, yeah. Everything was really nice and quiet until she went to Wenatchee. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. Everyone, again, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you so much and happy travels. Yes. And to you two ladies, thank you again. Take care. You Take too. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You can be a confident and dynamic leader who supports the nursing team and guides their patient care. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program equips you with strategies that prepare you to manage the ever-changing realities of healthcare while maintaining focus on family support and patient outcomes. What do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like? GCU offers over 250 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.